I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And joining me, as always, is Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Oh, hi there. How are you? I'm swell. How are you? Doing great. Good weekend? Good weekend. Good. Um, I'll tell you about it in just a second. Ooh, okay. Uh, Because, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got news about Demi Lovato, Robin, DJ Khaled, the Greatest Showman soundtrack hitting a chart milestone, and the 60th anniversary of the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart. Ooh la la. (laughs) Plus, we've got an interview with pop singer-songwriter B.B. Rexa. She stopped by the office recently to chat about her new hit single, I'm a Mess, its striking music video, her thoughts on breaking the record for the most weeks at number one on the Hot Country Songs chart with Meant to Be, and more. So stick around for our chat in just a little bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. So, how was your weekend? Oh, good. Mine was low-key. Sounds like you might have oh, things to say. I don't have super exciting <laughs> things. I saw Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Oh, yay. And? Delightful. Oh, that's what it seems like. Just delightful and... It's like a movie version of a pop song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it, and there were a lot of... ABBA songs I didn't recognize. Hmm. Deep cuts. Lots of deep cuts because I think they used all of the familiar songs in In the the first first movie. Sure. So in a way that kind of perhaps helped them tell a story a little bit more interestingly. Yeah. And, you know, I got a little bit, you know, a little emotional. A little misty? Towards the end. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they work up to a very emotional ending. But when you walk out, you are on such an ABBA high where you just feel elated. ABBA sugar rush. Really, I mean, absolutely. So it's it's absolutely worth seeing, and I did some vinyl shopping as well. Oh, look at you! You had a very uh, pop shop weekend. Got the new Got the new Call Me by Your Name vinyl album on oh, peach colored vinyl. Yeah, wait, is it is it smell like peach too? Well, it's supposed to be. I haven't actually opened it yet. Oh, okay, so you don't I'm, know yet. I'm waiting for my second copy to come so I can oh, keep one fresh, fresh, freshly peach sealed. Yes. <laughs> Evidently, it's supposed to be sort of like a scratch and sniff, where you scratch the um, That's amazing. like the inside. 
um, sort of holder. It's not the vinyl itself. Never thought of this as a genius. Well, they can't have you scratching the vinyl. Well, <laughs> evidently, um, vinyl, you can't make scented vinyl mm. yet. But the packaging yet. inside is allegedly peach scented. Okay. We're talking to the youth of America who are working on scientific breakthroughs. Get and to the scratch and sniff vinyl. Anything is possible. <laughs> okay, enough about my weekend. Should we talk about some headlines over on Billboard.com? Yes. I feel like I'm going to toss this first one to you because it's a very Keith-centric headline. Sure. Well, on August 4th, 1958, Billboard launched the Billboard Hot 100 chart, forever changing pop music, or at least how it's measured. And 60 years later, the chart remains the gold standard uh, for ranking America's top songs each week. And while what goes into a hit has changed, you know, sayonara, jukebox play, and hello, streams, <laughs> um, attaining a spot on the list, or better yet, the coveted number one slot, is still the benchmark to which artists aspire. From Ricky Nelson on the first chart to Drake on the latest, still Drake. <laughs> Over on Billboard.com, we're celebrating 60 years of the Hot 100 by counting down the biggest songs on the chart from number 600 yeah. to number one. Yeah, we didn't just stop with 100. We went 600 deep, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have an interactive chart on the website that lets you search between decades and genres and male or female artists and groups. Um, I'm super stoked about all this because, obviously, it's a big milestone. It's mm. the Hot 100, which I've loved since I was, you know, little. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, it's super exciting that we have all these lists recapping 60 years of the biggest hits on the Hot 100. Yeah. Um, so. We don't need to go through, like, every single one, but no. I thought I would give us the top 10 of uh, each of our big charts that we rolled out last week, which were the, as Keith said, the top 600 Hot 100 songs, and then the top 100 Hot 100 artists. So just a, a slight uh, little, you know, Teaser. tease if you haven't checked it out online so far. You can look at the other 590 songs yes. online. Yes, we will give it all away. We'll go 10 to 1 on the Hot 100 songs. We've got number 10 is Olivia Newton-John's Physical. Mm. That's great. Number 9 is Ed Sheeran's Shape of You. So a very recent yeah. hit. Uh, number 8 is Los Del Rio's Macarena. Hey. Of course, the Bayside Boys mix. Macarena. I. Number seven is the Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling. Number six was LMFAO, featuring Lauren Bennett and Goonrock, Party Rock Anthem. Mm. The LMFAO and Black Eyed Peas ones are so, like, contemporary. Those were, like, within a couple years of each other, right? Yeah. And then Leanne Rimes, How Do I Live, at number five. Number four, another new one, Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, Uptown Funk. Number three, Bobby Darren's Mac the Knife. A very old song. Yes, just <laughs> jumping all around. Yeah. Number two, Santana featuring Rob Thomas Smooth. Great article on Billboard.com about how that remains the number two song of all time. Hmm. And then number one, Chubby Checkers, The Twist, the classic. Why not? I think it's the perfect number one, by the way, even though we have no control over this. It just really seems to like, it's like the beginning of like kind of pop rock and it's it's older and it's we'll see if something can ever top it, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's a sort of an interesting combination where you have Chubby Checkers, the twist at number one still dominates as the biggest Hot 100 song of all time. And it's a song that is number one because it had such an interesting chart life. Mm. It initially was a single in, you know, a big hit in 1960 and it hit number one as kids were you know, loving to doing do the twist, doing the twist. They were doing this kind dance of like move. they're doing the In My Feelings challenge. challenge. And then two years later, in 1962, when all of those kids' parents got wise to this twist dance, <laughs> the parents made the song go back to number one. So it's the only it's the only hit to have basically two separate chart runs 
and to go to number one each time. Yeah. So it's a, I mean, it's 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 a really unique thing, and that's why um, because of the way the chart math worked out. Mm-hmm. That's why it's number one. And if, if anyone is wondering, well, how in the world are these songs higher than this one? And mm-hmm. where's my favorite song? Or why isn't Britney's I'm a Slave for You? Mm-hmm. In the w- <laughs> this is purely based on charting history on the Hot 100. So the longer your song spins at the top of the chart, the more likely your song will end up higher on this all-time ranking. And if Say, for example, you might think, well, what about this number one hit? Wasn't it number one for like eight weeks? Isn't that a really long time? Yes, that is. It might have just been number one and then quickly fallen off the chart after that. Right. So it it, got no credit for any of its other weeks. And the other thing that we had to take in consideration, this is a little bit tricky, the chart has worked differently over time. Mm -hmm. So um, now it's very common for a song to spend, you know, 40-something weeks on the chart and Mm -hmm. to spend forever in the top 10. But... That's not directly comparable to how the chart worked in the 1960s and 70s, mm-hmm. where a song would be on and off the chart in like 12 weeks. So how do we reconcile the different eras of the Hot 100? So we kind of Oof, normalize. Chart, this is what the charts team has yeah. to do with all to, these milestones. We have to normalize how the Hot 100 works. So anyways, that's because I've seen a lot of people, a lot of chatter online, people saying, well, why? What about this? Where's my favorite artist? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, we're not saying anyone's... <laughs> better than anyone it's just how the math worked out well and look for your favorite artists on the top hot 100 artist list as well we don't even need to get into that we have we have a lot of other things yeah. to chat about so go to billboard.com for the top 100 artists of the hot 100 uh next i'm gonna move to uh some you know it's some bittersweet news demi lovato has finally spoken out for the first time since her recent hospitalization for an apparent drug overdose um she posted a note on sunday on instagram Uh, And she continued her punch-up for being very candid with her fans about her personal struggles. Uh, The statement begins, I have always been transparent about my journey with addiction. What I've learned is that this illness is not something that disappears or fades with time. It is something I must continue to overcome and have not done yet. She finished the heartfelt statement with, I now need time to heal and focus on my sobriety and road to recovery. The love you have all shown me will never be forgotten, and I look forward to the day where I can say I came out on the other side. I will keep fighting. So she had a lot of fellow celebrities um, send love after she posted that note on Sunday. Jennifer Lopez, Sam Smith, Luis Fonsi, Haley Kiyoko, they all tweeted. And uh, Macklemore actually tweeted about his own personal recovery, writing, I've relapsed many times. The recovery community has always welcomed me back with infinite love and support. Always here for you one day at a time. So it's good to hear from Demi, straight from Demi. Yeah. Um, and finally, by request, by request on Twitter, <laughs> we take requests. So, you know, tweet us and tweet let us, us know what you want us to chat about. Uh, Robin returned last week with her new song, Missing You. It's her first official solo release in eight years. Well, she's, she's had a little she's thing done sprinkled. Stuff in between then. She was with, had some stuff with Royksop and had some like unofficial, you know, songs come out. But Missing You marks her like true return to form. Um, the song will be featured on an album that she said is coming this year. So, Keith, um, the request specifically wanted to know your thoughts on the song. That's so, in- it's interesting because I've never really exhibited any sort of like Robin fandom. I think people probably assume you would like Robin because like she's in the vein of a Madonna, just great dancey pop music. Well, you know, what was interesting is when uh, we were in the office last week and you were very excited oh, to I love hear Robin. the song. Yes. And you were listening to the live stream of BBC Radio 1 mm-hmm. where they were, where Robin was in the studio and they premiered it 
globally. They mm-hmm. have the global exclusive. You and our other coworker, Stephen Horowitz, which you've heard on the show once before, were very stoked about yes. it. So what what did you think of the song? Oh, I love it. Um, it, it, it is not groundbreaking. It sounds like it could have been on her last album eight years ago. And that doesn't bother me because I love the albums that she put out ending eight years ago, the Body Talk series. Good call. Um, so I, I'm, I'm into it because I've always been into the whole thing. Right. But um, yeah. but I think that yeah, it didn't it didn't like you know bring out this new Robin sound. Obviously, Robin's been around forever. She had a first life when she was sixteen years old, working with Max Martin in Sweden. Do you know what it takes? Um, yeah, and yeah. there was another one, Show Me Love. Oh, Show Me Love, yeah, not the Robin S version, uh, the the Robin version, the Robin with a Y version. Yes, Robin with a Y version. But um, that you know she's had these like periods of time, but like she pretty much stuck with the pop dance through her entire career, and I love it. Wow. Yeah. That's How about you, Keith? Oh, you went back to me. Yeah. I thought it sounded like Robin. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we're on the same page here, but like I'm like obsessed with Robin, so that's like yeah. I'm pumped about it. Yeah, I'm not obsessed <laughs> with her. I don't I I don't dislike her. I just I'm not necessarily the right person to ask for a quality Robin opinion. Well, Twitter user who uh shouted this out, I I love it. So hopefully you do too. And now I think it's probably time for Keith's chart chat. Okay. <laughs> Well, Drake continues to rule both the Billboard 200 Albums Chart and the Billboard Hot 100 Songs Chart with Scorpion and In My Feelings, respectively. On the former, Scorpion is in its fifth straight week at number one, while on the latter, Feelings scores a fourth week leading the list. Scorpion will likely step aside next week as industry forecasters expect Travis Scott's Astro World will jump straight in at number one with, well... The number's hard to pin down, Mm -hmm. but some are saying a low estimate could be like 350,000 to 400,000 units, but it's likely to go over 400,000. Wow, Travis. So, yeah. Evidently, streaming is like off the chain for this album. I can imagine. Uh, So, we'll see how big this album ends up. So, stay tuned to Billboard.com for all of our forecasts and such. Over on the Hot 100, however... Uh, Feelings is likely to hold on for a bit, thanks in part to the release of its official music video last week, which is hilarious. Yes, watch it. Watch it. The video is sure to rack up lots of streams, so we could be in for a nice long run from Drake at number one. Also on the Hot 100, DJ Khaled's no-brainer featuring Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper, and Quavo arrives at number five. It's the fourth top ten for Khaled, the 14th for Bieber, the second for Chance, and the fifth for Quavo. No Brainer is effectively a sequel to Khaled's I'm the One, which debuted at number one a little more than a year ago. That track featured Bieber, Chance, and Quavo as well, and they were joined by Lil Wayne. Uh, I guess Wayne couldn't make it this time around. Wayne's busy. He's busy. He's got stuff to do. (laughs) Um, Finally, back on the Billboard 200, the Greatest Showman soundtrack spins its 30th non-consecutive week in the top 10. Would you believe that in the last 50 years, it's just the seventh soundtrack to earn 30 weeks in the top 10? Uh, The others, The Lion King with 31, Saturday Night Fever with 35, Prince and the Revolution's Purple Rain with 37, Frozen with 41, the Whitney Houston-led The Bodyguard soundtrack with 42, and Katie, can you guess... Which soundtrack has spent more weeks in the top 10 than any other in the past 50 years? Mm. It's 1980s soundtrack. I, say, I would love a, a year. With, well, with, a, with a bunch of hits from it. You haven't said Footloose yet. I haven't, and that's not it. Oh. 
this is this is a movie that um uh you haven't said flash dance yet not flash dance <laughs> this uh this uh this uh soundtrack spawned a number one hit in 1987 uh, which went on to win the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Mm. Um, it's it's a movie that is, is beloved. It against all odds from the movie Against All Odds? No, I'll just tell you. <laughs> just tell me. It's Dirty Dancing. Oh, I was on the right track with Footloose. 48 weeks in the top 10. Wow. It's crazy. That's a great soundtrack. And now it's time for our interview with B.B. Rexa. The pop singer and songwriter recently stopped by the office to chat about her new hit single, I'm a Mess, its striking music video, her debut full-length album, Expectations, and how her single, Meant to Be, with Florida Georgia Line, recently broke the record for the most weeks at number one in the history of the Hot Country Songs chart. So, take a listen to our interview with B.B. Rexa. Welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, BB Rexa. Hi. Hi. Um, you know, first I want to say I'm super bummed because the last time you were on this podcast, which you won't remember, it was a little over a year ago and you did it in our New York office with Jason. And it was in support of your EP that had come out at the time, part one. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to the interview, I'm like, oh, she sounds so much fun. Why didn't I like do this somehow? And now <laughs> we you're jealous. here. Yes. I was super jealous, but now you're here. Yeah. So now it's come full circle. Exactly. But you did talk to BB on the red carpet at the Billboard Music Awards. Well, yes, I did. He didn't remember, but I, I remember meeting him. Well, yeah, I think I was. Or did Chelsea talk Chelsea, to you? Oh, okay. This year's Billboard Awards, Chelsea talked to you and you I sang. remember your face, though. But sure. we got to see you sing with Mason Ramsey on the carpet, yeah. which is like the greatest thing ever. He's the cutest <laughs> thing. He like um, sent me an Instagram. He DM'd me and was like, um, can I send you one of my like shirts, my t-shirts, my merch shirts? And I was like, this kid is the cutest thing ever. Yes. I was like, of course. <laughs> I hope he stays that cute with this with this town. Yeah, I mean, he needs to stay innocent. Right, he'll soon be corrupted. Yeah. He's, too, he's too young. To he have was everything. on the red carpet with his grandmother and grandfather, I know, and I and I went cuter. and I spoke. I spoke to them. I said. Please take good care of him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sometimes this industry can get a little crazy. The fact that they're there, I guess, is a good thing. Yeah, really. Good thing. Yeah. yeah. Like otherwise. So, just... real qu- quick question before yeah. we start. I mean, I know we started. Yeah. Um, is this <laughs> Too late a, now, BB. Is this a censored? No, you can say whatever you want. Okay, free. You're Yay. free to say whatever you would like. I mean, if you say something and you realize you've just defamed someone, we can always edit that out. Okay. No, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, fuck shit. Oh yeah, you're good. go nuts. You're you, fine. you just did it. <laughs> we broke the seal. You're good. Oh boy. <laughs> So first off, um, a few hours before we sat down with you, actually, uh, Billboard announced that your single, Meant to Be with Florida Georgia Line, broke the record for the most weeks at number one in the history of our Hot Country Songs chart, and it's spending its 35th week atop the list this week. Just 35. Crazy. So first of all, how does it feel to have this, you know, huge of a smash, and did you ever think that you'd have a huge country Country. smash specifically? (laughs) No, I definitely did not. That was definitely very unexpected, but I think the best things in life are... And um, I, I kind of, it's, 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 I don't know, it's just like constant, it's exciting and it's, I know it's a blessing and I'm truly grateful, but it's kind of like, I feel like weird. Like, I feel like I'm in the matrix. Yeah. Like somebody's going to wake me up and this is going to be all fake and I'm going to wake up in Staten Island, New York in my, in my bedroom, in my parents' house. But it's, yeah, it's, I can't, I think it's so, I think when it's something so big like that, it's kind of hard to process it yeah at least for me it is it's like i don't know it's just when you think when you work so hard for something i think just to like be able to be, a, be able to make music for a living it's when something like that happens it's kind of scary you don't want to accept it because you're like i don't want to lose it forever you know <laughs> so you just kind of keep on going 
Um, does this mean that we're going to get more country hits from you, basically? <laughs> like, um, like here, here comes the the full on country album this Christmas. Um, <laughs> maybe not, but that probably would, not. That would to be honest with you, expectations perhaps that would be kind of cool. Yeah, um, I think for me, it's more so um, being in the in the country community and just. Um, feeling the energy and like being in Nashville and being around Florida Georgia Line, uh, it kind of brings this sense of like I don't know. It's like this family. They're 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 treating me like a family, you know. And then also in, like the songwriting, I've been listening to more country music. There's like a there's a I don't know what the word would be like a night like like it's kind of naive the songwriting. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know. I took I I think I've taken that. It's it's definitely rubbed off on me for songwriting. Whereas there's something I like about it. Nashville you know? is very different. It's very. It's, it is it's, a whole it, different world. Whole I love big, it. It's mm-hmm. a whole big family. It feels so cool, you know. In the Nashville world, it's like everything is like, celebrated. When we first wrote "Men to Be," Florida Georgia Lion hit me up the next day and was like, "Can we fly you and your whole team out to Nashville for the weekend?" And I was like, "Um, um why? What's?" It? And they're like, "Cause we wrote a great song." I was like, "Hold on, if I have a big old." pop hit nobody even sends me a plaque i have to like buy my own plaque i'm like ask for my manager for some plaques he's like yeah it'll be 500 bucks i'm like well, wait i wrote the song i don't get it and they're like that's just how it works so uh, basically just write more songs before george line you right. get a whole bunch of plaques is exactly, what's, yeah. what's the, the end game there um well uh, meant to be is featured on your currently um your new album uh your your debut full-length album expectations which katie is holding in her hands as if we just <laughs> the wanted. podcast listeners can he- can totally see that it's like if, if you hear this it's an actual jewel <laughs> case oh, CD. Cool? all my life i always wanted to like have an actual cd in my yes. hand it's still a good feeling they still exist yes. yes i mean you know i mean i wish i could have done the i mean obviously the music business is not like in the state but i remember when they had like the stickers in them and like posters and like oh yeah <laughs> it, it is I, I actually am now i'm gonna fall off the rails but i did notice when i was looking at the liner notes i was like okay this is black and white and it's very um like I was expecting there to be a lot of thank yous in the back, and it was very simple. It was yeah, very I just I did, like I actually wrote a big thank you out, and then I like lost it. I oh, went on vacation. Okay, like um, what I was grateful for. Yeah, and I didn't do a thank you. Well, that's all right. Yeah. People understand. It's better not to thank anyone because then they all know that they're equally yeah. loved. Yeah, and then they get mad <laughs> if you miss somebody. Yes. Exactly. If I ever win anything, I'll thank them all. Um, Everybody, they'll kick me off the stage. The album also when you win something. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, the album also includes your current hit, I'm a Mess. I mean, also Meant to Be is still a current hit, but, you know, your multiple hits. Um, you know, it must be really, I don't know, you must have felt really stoked to put out the full length, like your first full length album. You've had EPs before, but how did it feel to actually like sort of let this baby go into the wild when you released it? Mm, I was really nervous, but I was excited going into like this. I went into like uh, a Target with my mom and we bought all the copies that was kind of emotional sorry for me. people that came behind you at target <laughs> trying to find their copy but... oh no they came everybody was running after me and was oh. like i want my own copy for free and i was like okay <laughs> cool so um that was a really cool moment you know um when it's finally like when it, it's kind of like, kindly feel kind of feels like a like you're giving birth you know what i mean i mean i've never given birth before <laughs> my version of giving birth i have but i've never put out an album before so, so i'm not sure if they're the same you, yeah. you guys can chat about that yeah, mutual right. feeling i don't know it might have been slightly more painful for you yeah, yeah well i don't know i don't know i was i was having panic attacks the day before so there's oh. it's a whole some, it's a whole other kind of pain i had, had cramps too and stuff like that yeah yeah that might be yeah, a little bit different <laughs> 
Um, with I'm a mess specifically, uh, you wrote it with uh, Justin Tranter. Yes. And, you know, it's it's not the most lighthearted track. Yeah. It's like it just puts it all out there. So how yeah. did that song come about? Um, I was woke up one day and I, I was I liked a guy that <laughs> kind of played me in a sense. You know, I saw, you know, social media is the whole new thing now. And like, <laughs> obviously, um, so. I just went on a page and saw that he was with some other girl, and it broke my heart. Yeah. Broke my heart. Um, so I walked into the studio, and I just felt like everything in my life was kind of a mess. I just also felt a little bit uh, disappointed in myself just because I didn't feel like I was the best me at that time. So I walked into the studio, and I just felt terrible because I've heard of Justin Tranter. I knew what he did. I know all of his incredible work. And here I am walking to the studio, like, kind of unstable, so I felt like, I'm like, how, like, what can I say to him? Like, I didn't think, I just kind of walked in. I was like, what can I possibly say to him? Because I f- don't want him to think I'm disrespecting him. But I didn't feel like I was in the mood or, like, in the state of mind to, like, write a record. Right. So the one thing that's so incredible about him is that I think he's able to take that out of an artist. So I walked in there and I was like, I'm, I just literally started crying. And I was like, I'm, like, I'm sorry, I'm a mess today. Like, I'm really a mess. And he was like, come sit next to me. You know what I mean? Like, he <laughs> has, like, that energy of, like, like, he sat me down next to him, and we just started talking, and little did I know that everything that I was saying, he was processing in his head. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, w- I was, like, I just feel like a loser sometimes, and, like, I'm obsessed with this guy, and, like, I'm also, like, upset with myself, because, like, like you know, like, why did I let this happen? Like, I don't trust myself. I need to learn to love myself more, but I always, like, think of the negative, and, like, now I can't trust anybody around me, and he's, like, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. great. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, that sounds great. And, and then... um. And uh, he's like, okay, we're going to write a song about this. Um, and then it just kind of, we just wrote it. And it's kind of funny coming after Meant to Be. But there's a sense in the songwriting that's like really honest. But I feel like in music, it's about contrast. And with this album, I really felt like I wanted to combine everything that ever that I've ever done. like, And I want it to make sense, in, sense you know, like with Be Myself and I and like um, The Monster and Meant to Be and all my records. I wanted to take that. And then also take things that inspired me from the past, which is like No Doubt and Lauren Hill and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do I put it in an album? So I was like, okay, well, I'll just, like, I think it just happened naturally. I just put in guitar stuff that I loved, guitar riffs, and um, added rhythmic undertones and wrote really honest stuff for myself, which I feel like you find in country music. Mm-hmm. And then just added some electronic elements because I love dance music. I mean, and I just did whatever I wanted to. <laughs> I went in the it studio, worked. you know, like we had a song called, we have a song called Two Souls on Fire and and it's with Quavo and we were in the studio with UC who did who produced on the mess. He, you know, did the guitar. It was me him and um Justin Tranter in the room. And he also did Two Souls on Fire. And Quavo had hit me up because uh, we met at the VMAs. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, I'm in the studio. Do you want to come by? He's like, sure, yeah, why not? Like, you know, he's always in the studio. Funny how this works. I was like, I'm going to come on by. And then he ends up on the track. Yeah, so like, <laughs> so like, you know, we have like a guitar solo. Like, that's all we had. Like, we, we work on, sometimes we'll have, I'll have a concept. Sometimes I'll just, we'll come up with an, a, a guitar riff first or whatever it may be. So we were in this kind of world. And then here comes Quavo. And they were like, I was like, I want to, I think you should try to jump on this. It's really cool. And he, and they were like, what? That makes no sense. How could a rapper jump on this, like, guitar riff? And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's what makes it cool. So I always like to try to, like, try different things. I'd rather, like, fail. Like, I'd rather, like, take a risk and right. not be, I don't like, I, when I go in this room with anybody, I tell them, like, if you want to write something that is safe, then this is not the room for you. Mm-hmm. I'd rather write something and take a risk and, like, really make the worst song ever. <laughs> 
then be safe because then I feel like it's boring. That worst song could lead you to some amazing song. Yeah. And was it was it uh, wasn't on our questions? I was just wondering, like, was it when you were having that moment with Justin, and you're like, I'm a mess, and ugh, everything is like shitty today. Yeah. Did it did it feel like when you guys had when you did come to the end of the song and you, yeah. you're like, oh, I've written something? Did it feel like cathartic, or did you feel like, no, I can't let that out because that's too personal? Um, both. I felt so good. I felt so relaxed and happy because I was like, wow. I, um, you know, a lot of times they, you know. The, the important things also is like my fans too a lot of times they'll say they feel really bummed or anxious or depressed and a lot of times it's really hard to, for them to find that in musicians I know like when I grew up there was like like I loved Pink you know what I mean because I felt like there was an angst to her like you know or like Avril when she first came out I was like this is so cool like you know yeah. they're not just like perfect looking girl like, mm. like they have like there's something in their music or yeah. like Alanis Morissette and I feel like with my fans too they tell me all the time that they feel bummed and there's nothing for them to really look f- like you know anything to like listen to you know because everything is so perfect all the time especially with social media so um when we wrote the song I was like I I was like this feels so good to finally be able to like be honest with what I go through every day um but then I sent it to my mom and she was like oh hell no she's like you are not putting this out wow she's like this is too much (laughs) she's like you say the word therapist she was talking about your therapist (laughs) she's like I cannot have my friends know that my daughter sees the therapist they're gonna be like I didn't do a good job and like surprised how many people see therapists yeah yeah that's what (laughs) it's a good thing no but exactly and I was like you know I think as a mother though she was like yeah she was kind of like oh I failed I'm like you didn't Mm. fail it's just that's it's just life, you know yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I was saying. It's so it's I think contrast is so important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, bring the, like, bring the tea in. Bring yeah. the tea in. It's <laughs> okay. Can... There, there was there's a nice lady waiting outside that was trying to. <laughs> she was waiting patiently. I'm like, oh, there's not going to be a break. Just come on in. You're good. <laughs> come on in with the tea. Tea is important. I needed a little energy. Yeah, here you go. Thank you. Um. Well, we should talk about the video. Yeah, yeah. the I'm a mess video. Because <laughs> yeah, we just, just... transition right into the video. <laughs> Um, but the IMS video is such a, it seems like such a perfect representation of the song. Like, yeah. how, you know, how did that concept come about to be in the asylum and, um, and the choreography? I always had, the true thing is, um, I always felt a little awkward and weird all my life. And I didn't understand what was wrong with me. I just thought that I was like, always going to go crazy. And I remember like drive. this is going to make me sound crazy, but whatever. I remember like driving, um, you know, we used to go past the boardwalk, like where I'm in Staten Island, I where I grew up, and there was always a psychiatric ward, and I always felt anxious and weird and like depressed. So my fear was that I was going to end up in a psychiatric oh, ward man. one day. Wow. And like I used to get like I was like I was so scared. I was like literally ups- like kind of obsessed with it because I was like so nervous because I always felt so weird and different, and I couldn't understand. And then I slowly learned that it was my anxiety that was making me feel that way and that a lot of people feel that way and that you can't always be perfect all the time. So it took a really long time for me. You know, the reason why we did The Monster too. that song was just about me accepting my anxiety and my depression. And then mm-hmm. Eminem took it and put it in his, ho- his own like art form, you know, of like being famous. But for me, it was, my whole thing was like accepting just just accepting that I wasn't perfect and that I had my own issues. So um, I also saw the, I saw a girl interrupted and it really spoke to me because I grew up in an Albanian household where it's like very old fashioned and like you get married off at like 17, 18 and you have like five kids. It's very like everybody like, you know, it's, it's like some like my mom had me when she was 18, you know? Um, um, It's like very old fashioned, old school. And I, my father was like, you know, either get a job or like go back to school. This music thing is not real. Like when I got dropped from my first record label, 
my first record deal. And that's when I got like really, really sick. And I watched Girl Interrupted and it spoke to me because I was like, wow, I kind of feel like this. Because back in the day, it's like if you didn't get married or go to school, then you were like considered like sick mm. as a female, not men. Mm. Right. So I always wanted to kind of recreate that. So for me, it was like a celebration of like finally being like, like no matter what happens in my life or where I end up, like I'm okay with it. And like I accept my imperfections and nobody's perfect. And either people will listen to this record and be like, well, I feel like a mess sometimes, no matter how crazy, you know, in quotation marks or normal somebody is, Mm -hmm. they'll be able to listen to this record and be like, okay, well, I'm not the only one that feels this way. It's great to have, um, you know, happy records all the time. And I think we want to be happy. That's like our true, like, I think we want peace. That's like the, the, because happiness can come and go. But um, I was like, hopefully people can listen to this and not feel alone. Mm. But for the video, the video was like a statement of me being like, putting myself in that situation and kind of, kind of accepting it and kind of laughing at myself and sounds like facing a fear too that yeah. you had when you were younger yeah literally as i know it sounds probably really like psychoanalyzing all of it you know, it kind of like i will you know i'm definitely an overthinker i probably sound crazy but whatever it's, no no so no, i wanted to like no. make a video that was like i don't know yeah just kind of was a celebration i mean every, everyone you know has those i mean no one is perfect and that's why we all want to listen to, like, happy music because it diverts you from, like, you know, like, the crappy things going on in your life. But you need the things you can relate to. I feel like if you eat, like, but then if, like, you're on, like, you know when you're on a diet every day? Like, let's, okay, okay, if you eat pizza every day, you're, like, t- you don't want to eat pizza every day. So it's, like, I feel like to, to feel the happiness, you got to feel, to feel the highs, you got to feel low. Yep. Yeah. So I feel like I want to write songs also that touch on both but are real. Like, I don't wake up happy every day and, like, want to, like, do, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I remember when I, like, my mom doesn't want to wake up every day and go to work. Right. Oh, who does? Well, I mean, I love my job <laughs> She's at like, Billboard. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean he's like, give me a raise. Board. I love my job at Real Bo- Billboard. Give me a raise. <laughs> um, I mean, we could keep you here forever, but I feel like we should probably um, wrap up, unfortunately. That's so sad. We do really? Have, yeah, we have a video producer lurking outside yeah. who's um, ready for you to come in. I, <laughs> it wasn't enough. I, well, I, wanna, I do want to ask one last thing, if that's yeah. okay. Um, and I'm taking this away from Katie because we had this... F- perfect flow ready but i'm just i'm sorry i know i ended up i always do that girl you do you everybody has all the questions and i just go yeah but we prioritize with the the most important questions first um this week actually is the fifth anniversary of you debuting on billboard's charts believe it or not um oh wow really yeah um this week what does that mean i'm confused so the first time you appeared on our music charts ever in 2013 so it was in 2013 it was the week of i think august uh 3rd um, it was wow. a song with that you, you birthday were fe- month. You were featured on Cash Cash's <gasps> "Take Me Home." That was like the first thing ever. <laughs> um, d- does it feel like your journey? Um, you know, five years after that, and obviously yeah. there was stuff that happened before that. Do you feel like you're at sort of a crossroads in your career? Do you feel like like things are changing, or or I don't know? It just feels like something right now for you. I know when I look at your career, I feel yeah. like like. Full length album, mega hit, yeah. country song. It's like all these big it's like, things. It's I like got you and meant to be, and I'm a yeah. mess, and the album. Like things are just like yeah. you know, and it's like a perfect five years since you made your Billboard chart debut. It feels like it's sort of a moment. Or am I reading too much? Into it? <laughs> no, um, I definitely feel like there's a there's an energy, and it feels so much 
um, I, I feel like when you start to like accept yourself, I feel like for me, it was always kind of a battle of like trying to like being the underdog and trying to like always prove something. And at a certain point I was like, oh, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to break, write great songs and I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And I'm just trying to make the best music I can. And I think that's when I was finally able to put up the album instead of like overthinking it. Because I feel like it took me a long time because I was always overthinking. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I definitely sense this I feel the energy of like excitement and acceptance and and kind of like me being like I'm just gonna write the best songs I possibly can for myself it's clearly working and have a good time (laughs) and just chill and eat pizza and drink (laughs) sweet tea and (laughs) I love it (laughs) and come by the billboard offices and have a conversation with you too. Yeah. Finally. Uh, yes. Well, thank you so much for coming by, BB. <laughs> thank and you. So happy for all your success. If you ever need a co-host, I am oh. available. We will. Okay. We'll call so you. there's a whole mob of people that are with BB in this room. You all <laughs> they heard all that. Heard that. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. There are six five. people. One, in, two, three, four, five. <laughs> there are five, six, including you. Yeah. All of you have now agreed. We will ask you to guest co-host anytime. 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 Thank you so much, BB. Thank you. Thanks again to BB for making the time to talk with us. That was a good chat, Katie. Oh my goodness, yes. She's an open book. Love she, her. She's uh yeah, she's she's real. Yep. Y- you get the real from BB. <laughs> um, make sure to check out her album Expectations and of course her latest single, I'm a Mess. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. This week in 2005, a fresh-on-the-scene Rihanna was enjoying her first Hot 100 hit as Bande Replay. That's probably not how anyone says it. Spent its <laughs> second week at number two on the tally. The song would ultimately peak at number two for three weeks on the chart, stuck behind Mariah Carey's We Belong Together. Uh, this was in the uh, first week of August 2005, by the way. I didn't actually say that yet. Uh, though, while Carey kept Rihanna from number one, Rihanna had the last chart laugh as Ponde Replay. Again, no one's saying it that way. Was her first of a so far 31 top 10 hits on the chart. Three more than Mariah Carey, actually. In fact, Rihanna is now tied with Drake for the third most top tens of all time. Ahead of them, just the Beatles with 34 and Madonna with a record 38. Mm. So there you have it. This week, back in 2005, Rihanna stood tall on the Hot 100 with her first of a so far 31 top tens with Ponder Replay. Thank you for saying it that way the final time. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Bon de replay, man. And I was like, no one. Stop it, Keith. That's terrible. Um, any parting words, Katie? I definitely know what song we're going out on. Well, we've already played Rihanna's Pond. I replay. know, but you mentioned We Belong Together, and now I need to hear it. Oh, that's a great one. It's so good. See you guys next time. Bye. Hey, 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.